This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good afternoon, Cherries fans, and welcome to this cherry picking in the middle of the day, um, episode number 30. Um, of course, later on, we are playing Lorient in our final pre-season friendly. Um, and of course, I have got my trusted companion next to me, Mr. Matthew Harrison. How are you doing, Matt? Yeah, well, good, Craig. Looking forward to um, the friendly this afternoon. Um, hopefully the weather clears up, but um, yeah. Looking forward to a bit of Sunday evening football. Definitely. definitely. Sunday evening, Saturday evening. <laughs> Saturday evening football, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I wish it away the weekend. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, It's. Um, I think we're used to the Premier League now, aren't we? Unlike uh, our friends who played yesterday. Um, so, yes. In, in fairness, I did see a bit of that game yesterday and um, they didn't look too bad, to be honest. But, Personally, uh, I think they might get out of that division at the first time of asking if they can keep yeah. all the players. I think they're, I think they're favourites for second place, aren't they? So They are. Be interesting. Yeah. yeah, most definitely. But, of course, we are doing this show today because you're wearing it. I wore it the other day on Friday. Um, and that is the most beautiful... Honestly, this is one of the nicest shirts. You know, not just Bournemouth shirts, but one of the nicest shirts I've ever seen. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's um, it it's yeah, it's obviously a very very nice shirt. I lo- I love the shirt. Um, but for me, it's about the history. For me, um, it's a nice twist on a historical shirt, um, mm-hmm. which was a lot of uh, important games that we obviously played in in that shirt, um, which obviously we we'll, we we'll take a look at at some point. Um, but yeah, for me, it's, it's it's about the history, and um, I mean, it was the first away shirt I ever had uh, as a kid. Um, was the original yellow and blue uh, yellow coaches um, shirt by Patrick. Um, so for me, it brings back a lot of happy memories. Yeah, yeah, and we will go through some of the footage as well of the games that was played in that shirt. And there was some big, big ones um, at both ends of the spectrum, wasn't there? Mm, yeah, yeah. Obviously, um, around the time the, the shirt came out, obviously there was the financial worries. Um, and then obviously it was our first away shirt as a, as a community club. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of memories with the shirt. Well, should we get it started then? And let's have a look yeah. at this shirt and the history of it so a return of a classic icon so let's have a look and go through to the first bit so of course this was the original shirt uh matt go on you talk for it um yeah so obviously the original shirt um was worn by the player's between 1996 and 98. Uh, the kit manufacturer at the time was Patrick. Um, the shirt sponsorship, um, obviously yellow coaches, um, obviously was the main reason why it was yellow and blue. Obviously there was a um, yellow coaches away shirt for the 95-96 season, um, which is, was an all yellow shirt with yellow coaches across the middle. Um, then the following season, when Patrick took over from Lecoq Sportif, um, it became a yellow and blue half um, shirt, which is um, obviously what Eddie's wearing there in the picture. Um, the sponsorship did change. Um, um, there was a period where the shirt was sponsorless as well. There was a couple of games where the players actually wore the shirt without a sponsor on it. 
um, before Seawood Rover MG took over, um, who at the time was the home shirt sponsor. Um, also, what I like about the shirt as well is that the, the old player squad numbers on the back of the shirt was red. Now, with this new shirt, mm -hmm. this new version, I'm hoping that the indication of the AFCB on the neck of the shirt being red is an indication that we'll have red squad numbers um, on, on, on the new one, which I believe they probably will do because um, white will show up but i think red will show up a lot better so i'm i'm pretty hopeful that we should have red red numbers and letters on the on the shirt i did have a little play around actually with regards to um the shirt when it was first released and it did look like it was going to be white numbers but i haven't uh, seen a shirt actually printed as yet so we shall see we shall see on that front wow yeah um but yeah that, that was that was um a part of the uh the star which i loved um mm -hmm. see a number nine here which was worn by several different strikers at, at the time um but yeah that was just it was obviously really fitted in well with the yellow coaches having the red outline um on the sponsorship and obviously then when seaward was on the shirt that also had red so it kind of all fitted in nicely together um but yeah it's, I mean, it's just such an iconic image yeah definitely um just a little bit on the history of patrick and uh, the kit manufacturer um which was formed in 1892 um mm -hmm. by um go on craig give it a go who's that eugene uh yeah eugene bentonow benetow benetow um, he had a clothing store and a leather factory in France. Um, uh, his son, Patrice, eventually took over the business um, in the 1920s and began to make footwear for local football teams. And that's kind of where the brand um, expanded into sport. Um, it also has an iconic two stripes. Obviously, everyone knows the iconic three stripes being Adidas, but Patrick has iconic two stripes, um, which he introduced in the 30s. Um, and then the brand became very, very popular. Um, it supported many world-class footballing stars like Michel Platini and uh, Kevin Keegan. Um, and during the late 80s into the 90s, obviously, when they started manufacturing for Bournemouth, um, they also manufactured for Southampton, Bolton, West Brom and Sunderland at various different periods of those decades. So, um, yeah, Patrick was um, quite well known. Um, within the football footballing world, um, not so much now. Um, I think they broke into rugby as well at one point, and I do believe that they were the official uh, kit supplier to referees in the Belgium leagues um, at one yeah. point. But um, they're more now focusing on being a fashion brand. I mean, if you look at their website now, um, it's it's all all about sort of vintage and and, and retro sort of branding, um, which. Some of it looks pretty cool, but um, yeah, um, the Patrick they do, do kit, still kits though. Yeah, they do, I do believe they still do kits, but they don't. I don't think they really manufacture for sports teams so much now. Mm. Uh, they don't in the UK anyway. Um, I mean, uh, I, I remember we had um, West Brom come down in the cup, Eddie Howe scoring the winner, um, and their kit was Patrick at the time. Um, so there was quite a few sort of late nineties. There was quite a few kits out there made by Patrick and, and in Scotland as well. Um, a few of the Scottish Premier were made by Patrick. So, um, but now in terms of actual football club manufacturing, um, I don't. I don't think there really is anything out there now. No, not not actual proper football clubs. But I think they still do sporting equipment and, and sporting wear for, you know, like your pub teams or your kids' teams and stuff like that. But um, yeah, they do. You yeah. can buy full sets of. But in terms of actually manufacturing for for, for clubs, uh, like football clubs, um, I, don't, I don't think they do that so much now. But um, no. it was quite an I iconic um, uh, manufacturer for Bournemouth. Obviously, they made the uh, shirt for the Wembley final. Um mm -hmm. So yeah, there was um, 
in the short space of time we we were manufactured by Patrick, which I think was about a four year period um, before Super League took over. Um, yeah, it was quite a lot of um, moments that happened um, while they were manufacturing for the club. So, but um, should we take a look at some of the historic games? Yes, why not? Why not? So, um, probably one of the most iconic games um, was obviously during the financial troubles when the receivership was in. Um, obviously, uh, travelling up to Bristol City on this day, um, we pretty much all thought that it possibly could have been the club's very, very last game in existence. Um, so we travelled to Ashton Gate, obviously with the shadows of the financial ruin handing over us. Um, City were chasing promotion, I believe. Um, they were they were doing well. Um, so no one gave us any hope of winning, um, in which could have been the club's last ever game. Um, but yeah, there was a heroic performance put in by everybody that day, everybody in a Bournemouth shirt, and um, it was up to uh, centre-back Coxie to head home the winner. Um, but then there's also, we do have some footage of a game, um, which was from the following season, um, after we became Europe's first community club. Um, and we frustrated City with a 1-1 draw. Coca-Cola Cup trip to Leeds in midweek. Victory today is a must for 17th place City. Joint favourites for promotion at the start of the season. John Ward's men won't want any more daylight to open between themselves and the early pace setters. One change today sees Rob Edwards restored at the back. Scott Patterson makes way. Only a supreme display of fan power saved Bournemouth from bankruptcy last season. The Cherries becoming the first community-owned club in Europe. Briefly top of the table after four matches this term, their form has just dipped in recent weeks. The visitors also make one defensive change to their lineup. Eddie Howe coming in for Frank Rolling. It's Bournemouth in a change kit of Navy and Yellow who get the game underway. Three straight defeats for City, hardly the ideal preparation for this afternoon, although John Ward does say it's far too early to be talking about crises here at Ashton Gate. City have the first throw of the day. And the referee from the West Midlands is 39-year-old Mick Fletcher. Cota nicely done for Gary Hours. Now Torpy's making his way into the middle. Cox with a defensive header. Knocked out by O'Neill, but this is Hewlett for Bristol City. It's a good start. Unfortunately, straight at the goalkeeper. And a bright opening by the home team. Certainly some good link-up play there. Eventually fell to Hewlett, who struck the ball well, but uh, couldn't beat the keeper. Oh, and Hours and Tisdale got their wires crossed. Here come Bournemouth with Steve Robinson. Only Fletcher up with him. This is Fletcher. And a chance for Bournemouth. Good save by Keith Welsh. Well, what a warning for the home team. Bournemouth very quick on the counter-attack there after City were caught in possession. And in the end, it was Fletcher testing the keeper low down to his left. Good save. Go to the lovely back heel, releases Tinian. Torpy wanted it first time, instead it's back for Gota. Inches wide. Well, he's on fire in front of goal at the moment, Sean Gota. Two in consecutive games coming into this match. Not so very far away with that one, with the keeper struggling to get there. Still Tinian prompting his team. against Vincent, help from Carey, Torpy leaps, and Tisdale, nice deflected behind, 
it was very nearly his first goal since arriving at Bristol City from Southampton. Always difficult to keep the volley down, and that one just took a glance off a Bournemouth player and looped over. Gota quickly closed down. Walsh is lying to collect and quickly bowls it out far side for Edwards to launch another City attack. Now Hewlett's gone on ahead down the line, well spotted by Mickey Bell. Might need some support. In comes the cross, keeper struggling, Powers, and Gota must score and does. Well, he felt the break had to come, and it was odds on Sean Gota getting the opening goal. In the end, it was uh, easy as you like, really, a little side foot into the net, and Jimmy Glass left to hold his head in shame, really, because it was his error. Let in City's top scorer for his seventh of the season, Bristol City ahead. We'll be hoping to find Hewlett. Bournemouth in disarray just for a moment. With Taylor took no prisoners, including his own teammates, as he got that one. This is Bell. Can we have a final flourish from City in the first half? Very nearly. Mickey Bell still looking for his first goal for the club. Only a whisker away. He's got a good left peg on him. And that one just whistled past the post. Hewlett. Neatly done. Not so by Gota, although he did well to snake out a foot and retain possession. to Tisdale. Torpy now to Hewlett. And he had to take it early, Matt Hewlett. It's not his best side, his, his left foot. But, uh, willing to swing the boot and try his luck. Just clearing the far post. as O'Neill chipped towards the empty net. Well done, Lewis Carey. Well, right position at the right time for the young defender. City almost caught out. And that's a lifesaver by Lewis Carey. Beards more now forward towards Fletcher. Young on the overlap. Flicked off Hewlett's toe, Bornak for Bournemouth. Bailey, flying header, saved by Welsh. Eddie Howe not so far away from a full schools-like goal, really. Flung himself at the ball as it came in. Good touch, diverted it goalwards, excellent save. Tisdale will make this. Tinian advancing ahead of him. Hours again his right side. Gota and Torpy wait for the cross. They're still waiting. Tinian. Now it's into the penalty area. It may break for Gota. Good save. Don't know how much the keeper would have seen of that. And his positioning was spot on as Gota swiveled. Kept it low, Glass plunged on it down at his left-hand side. Brissett to Robinson, took it well. Robinson shot in off the post, Bournemouth a level. And you have to say their second-half display has merited an equaliser. It's a real stunner for Bristol City fans, delight for those Bournemouth supporters. And Robinson gets his fourth of the season with a very neat finish. 
Volpe bearing down on the goalkeeper. And did he take that out of the area? The assistant is flagging. That could well be a Bristol City free kick. There's about a minute left on the clock. The ball right on the edge of the penalty area. Tinian to take. Well, it was Torpy who was a whisker away from being a debut hero. His first full game at Ashton Gate. And he flew towards the ball on the far post, but it just had too much pace for him. And it's behind for a goal kick. Two and a half minutes of stoppage play already. And there goes the final whistle. It's a big disappointment for Bristol City and their fans. They've seen another two points slip away. A tale of two halves, really. City dominant in the first period. Sean Gota firing them ahead on 25 minutes. Fair play to Bournemouth. They came back in the second period. And their top scorer, Steve Robinson, rolled in his fourth of the season to earn a share of the score. I mean, that City footage we just watched there, that's... Um, yeah. You can see how Bournemouth really frustrated City on that day, and um, mm-hmm. you see how we dug in there. Um, yeah, good memories that I remember being at that one um, quite some time ago. But another game that's uh, iconic in in the history of, of the shirt um, is this one. Now, yeah. this was um, the summer after we um, became a community club. So this was our first first game, and we travelled to Northampton. Um, first game of the season. At the time, I think it was quite funny for Bournemouth first game of the season because, from remembering back of being a youngster, I don't I don't remember winning many of the first game of the season. So for us to go to Northampton and um, nice little ground that they got there. Um, obviously, not been there for quite some time, but um, uh, used to be a nice ground to go to. Um, but yeah, what sticks out for me from this game was, um, I mean, two screamers of a goal. I mean, which yeah. we'll see in a second. Um, Jamie Vincent and um, Big Fletch. Um, you know, Fletch, you know, everyone says Fletch could score a header, but I tell you, as we all know, when he can hit it with the volley, he can score. And um, it was one of those moments where he's hit it sweetly with his foot and it's flown in. So uh, I reckon let's take a look at the footage. Yep, let's do it. Northampton are still coming to terms with life in Division 2. Their Wembley success is no more than a distant memory. They were killed off by two goals in six minutes. Jamie Vincent with Bournemouth's first. He missed much of last season and is clearly intent on making up for lost time. Steve Fletcher's spectacular second put the result beyond doubt and having emerged from a financial crisis that threatened to sink the club. There we are. There's the footage of that Northampton game. Uh, those goals they couldn't have been hit more any more sweeter could they i know i know he scored quite an important one didn't he as well um some 11 years later yeah 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 um and he and he scored a another very important one in 2003 with his foot didn't he so um yes he did (laughs) uh, yeah fantastic and nice great memories of a good away day that is really is um let's have a look at another couple of fixtures Notts County. Um, so, yeah, two fixtures there, um, which we, we won um, in the shirt. Um, Coxie, again, pops up with a goal. Um, I think that one might have been a volley as well. We'll have a look on the footage in a second. Um, yeah. And David Town, which is a name that uh, a lot of long-standing supporters will remember. Um, he come off the bench... Um, in the fixture, uh, fourth of the second, 97, he came off the bench uh, and scored second goal during that game. Um, the 2-1 win. Um... Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We conceded a penalty. Yes. Um, if I remember rightly, um, there was a penalty that Notts County scored. I think that might have been the equaliser. I think we were 1-0 up, if I remember rightly. I think maybe a 
Steve I think, Robbo. I think Robbo and 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 a certain man called Mohammed Bertha, which uh, a lot of standing, long-standing Bournemouth mm. fans will remember, a big powerhouse of a player. Mm. Um, and I mean, I can remember him scoring a free kick at Dean Court, and Jesus, can he hit the ball? It was yeah. one of those that you would never stand in the way of and take your head off. <laughs> um, but he he wasn't really with us very long. He'd become a little bit of a cult hero at the time, and then he just sort of disappeared. Um, mm. But yeah, when he when he hit him on on the volley, he hit him hard. I do believe. I think we were one nil down in that Notts County. We one nil down. I, I I tell you what. Should we play the footage? Should we play the footage of the two nil uh, victory? first and then we'll do have a look at the 2-1 win yeah that's yeah that's cool yeah, let's, do, let's it. do it in now. division two Notts county threatened with relegation met bournemouth threatened with closure and while bournemouth may have the receivers in it was Notts who were on the receiving end a brilliant volley from ian cox after 42 minutes a minute from time bournemouth substitute dave town scored to make it 2-0 bournemouth believe they can escape their fate the same can't be said of Notts County on this showing. Even Notts just before half-time, handball, setting them up for a lead at the turn. And Ian Hendon tucked it away. Life in the second, though, is going to be tough. Manchester City, big spending Fulham, Stoke, they'll all be challenging. Mohamed Bertha, known to his friends as Big, equalised. And then Notts gave away the winner. Today, assistant manager Mark Smith left the club, leaving Sam Allardyce on his own. And he'll want to tighten up that kind of mistake, but a cracking finish from Stephen Robinson giving Bournemouth the points. Well, there we go. There yeah. we are. Um, great. So, great. I mean, I, I I forgot that Towners was such a volley. Um, he lobbed that right over the keeper, didn't he? Um, yeah, what did. a lob! What a lob! Um, yeah, some good memories there. Um, yeah, I remember. I mean, Steve Robinson, I remember very, very well, and uh, he used to score goals like that quite often. So, nice, nice memories. Nice to see us uh, get some points and points away. It was always good back then. Um, still good now, obviously, but yeah, I mean, back then it it was just it was all very, very different. And um, yeah, two great performances there. Yep. Should we have a look at the next game? Yeah, let's have a look at the next one. Yeah, why not? Let's have a quick look. Ah. Yeah, so another key match. Um was the auto windscreen shield area final. Um which obviously we did cover in a in a, in a special on Wembley that we did. Um yeah, we did. but yeah, uh, great night, great, great night. And um one of the last outings in, in the iconic kit. Um, but yeah, um, now obviously we have this new version. The, the story is set to continue. So um, We did see some footage of, of course, this back, you know, when we did that show. But yeah. should we watch it again? Yeah, it's always good to watch. Yeah, let's do it again. Let's do it again. Bournemouth travelled to Warsaw for their first leg. Frank Rolling found some space to nod the visitors into the lead. And Russell Beardsmore was then on hand to make it 2 0. So there we are. That is, you know, an iconic game, a game that helped us reach the auto windscreens final against Grimsby back in 1998. Um, so some great memories there in this shirt. Um, so much history that was made by this club. You know, a lot of people turn around and look at, you know, Bournemouth and think like small club, you know, the history. But then again, history isn't all about, you know, playing in the top leagues. And that's what this shirt means for us is it was those days where it was a struggle, but we achieved yeah, yeah, very much so. And um you know, it's now now time to make some new memories in, in this shirt. Yep. Let's have a little look at this one then. So yeah, so new era, same colour. 
there we are. There is the photo shoot from this new shirt. And I'll tell you what, it's it's just a beautiful shirt. It's just a yeah. beautiful shirt. Yeah, um, I mean, Umbro have really done a respectable version of, 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 a, of a classic. Yeah, um, completely agree there. Um, Umbro, like I've said on, on podcasts here before, yeah. you know, Umbro have never, I don't think, ever done a bad shirt really um mm-hmm. you know uh, and from their way perspective um you know i've liked them all um yeah. i could rank them in order but there's not one umbra away shirt that i've not not purchased um but this one obviously they've respected the 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 history of the shirt um the previous design obviously yellow and the blue half but obviously they've um done that what kind how would you describe that pattern um how it sort of blends into the yeah you know they've obviously done a modern twist on it which obviously Hmm. gotta bring things up to date um there's no good obviously you know producing a complete replica of the previous one it's obviously it's it is a bit dated in terms of what football shirts look like now. Um I like what they've done with the V neck. Um mm-hmm. it's a very it's very similar to the original. Um but obviously they've dropped the collar, which I can understand. You don't get a lot of collared football shirts uses. I mean I do like a collar on a football shirt. Um but they're a bit irritating though, aren't they? Collars. Well, they were they were years ago. I mean, they were, mm. I mean, I remember the uh, old Lecoq Sportif home shirt with Frizzell on it, and when I had that as a kid, and the collar used to itch my neck, something chronic. But yeah. now, with the way they make the shirts now, it, it's totally different. But um, when you look at it, I like I like obviously what they've done with the sleeves and the, and the yellow trim around the sleeves. Um, the back differs to the old one. The old one, the shirt colours would alternate um, between what was on the front and the back, whereas it mirrors the front and back on this one. Yeah. Uh, the thing for me, which, I mean, the badge, it really suits the shirt. Don't get me yes. wrong. But I think maybe just to take it back into history a little bit more, maybe if they use the old colour scheme on the badge that we used to have. So. Yeah the um red background with the white stripes and the afc bournemouth you know with the white background and written in red i'd like to have seen what the shirt would have looked like with that on sort of like the old badge colors at the time um Mm -hmm. just to um see what it would have looked like but um obviously the yellow and blue on the badge is obviously um what umbro and what the club has done on the away shirts for you know, a long, long time that the badge kind of mirrors the colour scheme of the away shirt. But, um, yeah, in terms of, you know, the first moment I saw it, obviously there was leaked images, wasn't there? Yeah, uh, there was. There was. And um, as soon as I saw it, I knew I was going to love it. Um, and as soon as it was released, within minutes of it being released, it was already ordered and on its way. Do you know what I mean? So, um just because for me it's i love it absolutely love it um in comparison to obviously the one you're wearing there i know that's had a lot of um you know i what did someone describe it as the other day was it the j club yeah no i've heard that one there was another one which i thought was quite funny was it the fingerprint artex design or something yes yeah that's Um, it someone described it as and i thought oh god that is funny that is funny way of describing Mm -hmm. it i mean i can understand why people don't like it it's not going to be to everyone's taste i mean as you well know you know the louder the away shirt the more i love it so i mean i like i really like that away shirt um but this for me this one is is just just iconic it's historical um and it's a great twist on a on a classic. Yeah, most definitely, mate. Most definitely. And we will do a shirt show where we'll review all this season's shirts. Um, we'll do some close-up images of them, some little videos as well, so you can see the whole of the shirt from a different perspective. And we're going to rate it as well. Me and Matt are going to rate it. Firstly, what our initial thoughts were, because... I was quite 
harsh probably on the shirt that I'm wearing initially and then what we thought when we saw it in person so yeah. we will do that and that will probably be out um, in the next couple of days so keep your eyes peeled for that as well You'll probably see the shirt in person in the club shop later on today anyway so um, and I'm sure there'll be quite a lot of people picking this up won't there I would imagine so. I mean, it's going to be a big hit with the long-term support, um, uh, you know, and the, and, the, and the people that can remember, you know, us wearing these colour schemes um, away, you know, back in the day. So, I mean, it's going to be a, you know, a big hit with them and, and for new for new fans as well. Um, and, and for the youngsters, um, I'm sure it's going to be a very, very big hit. So, um, yeah. I mean, a lot of people are arguing whether it should be the third shirt or whether it should be the second shirt. I probably agree with that. It should be the second shirt, really, and the one yeah. you've on should be the third shirt, I think. But um, to be honest, they call them second, first and third shirts these days, don't they? But I mean, to yeah. be honest, it depends on who they're playing and where they're playing. I mean, they could end up wearing this one more than they're wearing the one that you've got on. Mm. Um, I think like last year, the black shirt, we wore more than we wore the actual second strip, didn't we? So... Well, exactly. Um, you know, they exactly. should just be called away strips, really, shouldn't they? You know, these second and third strip stuff. Um, I can imagine teams like, say, for example, the Wolves, we would probably play in this one. Um, but I think there will be a number of outings for the third kit. And I've got to agree. I think, you know, it really should have been the away shirt. This one should have been the third kit. And yeah, yeah, I mean... I, I, Liverpool will obviously be in the one you've got on, yes. um, and then Brentford. I would imagine we'd be in this one because obviously yes. um, it's darker. Whereas your one, you know, they could argue may clash a little bit with their lighter colour. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll have some mountains in this shirt. I'm very, very looking forward to us playing in it. So um, yeah, looking forward to it. And obviously the first out in later on today. Um, in a couple of hours' time with um, Lorente. Yep, definitely, definitely. Just a quick reminder as well, we have put up a number of videos about this, but do get involved in the Fantasy Football League. All the details are scrolling down at the bottom for you as well. Do remember the code. The code will appear on the screen as well. And you need the Sky Sports Fantasy Football app, not the app, uh, the Premier League one, we're doing the Sky Sports Fantasy Football app. Um, and like I say, you're looking for the Cherry Picking League um, or Fleague. Um, 2698007. So 2698007. So there has been a statement, as everybody will know, from former goalkeeper Aaron Ramsdale. And this is what he said. Whenever people tell me it's brave what I've done pursuing this football dream, I just laugh. Oliver is the real superstar of the family. He's the brave one. Three weeks before he was supposed to leave for uni in Bedford, he told my parents that he had to change of heart. He didn't want to become a PE teacher. He wanted to chase his real dream and go into do drama school. So he literally packed up everything and went to London to pursue a totally different life. But that's not the bravest thing he's done. That's not why I admire him. My brother is gay and he's lived his life in an open and authentic way since he went off to school. I'm so proud to say he's my brother. I haven't talked to him about it before. But with everything going on in football right now, I thought it was important to mention. Oliver is a lot like me in many ways. He's a regular bloke, loves football, loves knocking about with his mates, loves the Gunners. He's proud of me and I'm really proud of him. Over the years, I've probably bit my tongue a few too many times, both in the dressing rooms and on social media. Whenever I hear homophobic comments or stupid things being said, and I think maybe my brother has done the same, thinking it would make my life easier. Well, that all ends today. For me, I can obviously dream about winning the league and parading the trophy through North London for sure. 
World Cup, Champions League. I've got all those dreams, but those are all football dreams. As a person, I have another dream. I want this game to be, I love, to be safe and welcoming place for everyone. I want my brother Ollie or anyone of any sexuality, race or religion to come to games without having to fear abuse. And when we lift the trophy at the Emirates Stadium, I want my brother to be there with me. What could the trolls tell us then? Not a thing. Love you, bro. Aaron. So that is a statement from Aaron Ramsdale. And we do have a fan of Arsenal and a very good friend of the channel with us, Manny, who is going to give his thoughts on this. Craig, thank you very much indeed. And thank you, Matt, also for, um, you know, being with with um, do, doing the work you do with Craig. And a wonderful introduction, that, of um, a player, obviously, who... Um, cares about his family a great deal. Aaron, I would say, has had a mixed um, time since coming to Arsenal in terms of the reception he's got from the fans. He has his share of fans. He has his share of people who don't really, um, you know, um, rate him that highly as a footballer. But as a person, I'm sure um, from what I get, uh, I've been told, I mean, I have to sort of gather this because I certainly don't see um, the team the happenings of the team on a day-to-day basis, given where I am. He seems to be a pretty good bloke and a decent guy. And um, the stand that he's taken right now, um, especially to make sure that we root out homophobia and other forms of hatred in football, is a stand that has to be taken. Um, because it's not just homophobia, anti-Semitism, any form of um, racism, any um, abuse towards um, minority communities or affected communities is absolute poison, and we must stand against all of it. And homophobia is definitely something which we pride ourselves for taking a big stand against. And the fact that we still to this day have um, people who see it fit to make homophobic chants at um, football grounds and you know demonize people for daring to be different and daring to be open about their sexuality is um, quite disgusting. I am especially happy um, to see a lot more footballers feeling um, courageous enough to come out of the um, wardrobe or come out of the closet um, to use that um, and um, announce that they are, in fact, um, gay and make sure that they are committing themselves to living their um, best and most honest life. And um, we have to make sure that we um, applaud that. And especially for me, growing up in a rather conservative household, being in the UK, one of my own memories um, was going into hospital and hearing a male nurse talking in the rather effeminate voice and me asking my dad, who was a doctor at that hospital, Dad, why is that nurse speaking so funny? And I never knew about, um, you know, the LGBTQI community at the time. And that was when I was told sometime afterwards that you know, son, he's actually um, gay. It means that as a man, he likes other men. And um, I found out that that nurse by the name of uh, Jim McCall Smith, who worked at um, Joyce Green Hospital in Dartford, which is, of course, now no more. It's since relocated to um, Darrenth Park, I believe, which is not too far from Dartford. He w- moved to Canada, emigrated there, married his um, uh, fiance, and the two of them have since been living a very happy life from what I last heard. And it is important that we recognize uh, that people from the LGBTQI community are human beings just like the rest of us who have a right to live the way they want to live and love who they want to love. And um, they deserve the same level of respect as um, we would give other people. And especially if it's someone in your own family, it's imperative that you know we have to stand up for it. Um, And what Aaron has done over here is definitely um, a brave thing to do. Um, And we can't criticize, I'm not not about to criticize him for taking this long to make a stand on this issue, because um, obviously there is still a stigma attached to this. And for some reason or another, people feel as though it's probably best to keep, um, you know, mum about it. And that's exactly what Aaron did. But, you know, enough is enough. Um, Of course, um, You know, obviously, there was a lot of controversy about um, the uh, recent World Cup being held in the Middle East and the potential impact that it would have 
on you know the LGBTQI community, you know the you know the safeguarding of human rights or what have you, and there is still a great deal of um, you know dissatisfaction and um, discontent about the whole thing. I'm glad that Aaron has spoken up, and I'm glad that um, you know he's made the decision to um, you know defend um, the, his the community and also stand up for his brother, who he clearly loves very dearly. He's clearly a loving family man, and I applaud him for that. And um, we also must mention that um, not too long ago, just after coming back from a post-World Cup holiday, his uh, partner, Georgina, suffered a miscarriage. And he um, kept it to mostly himself, telling his teammates, his manager and his family, obviously. And we found out about it today, of course, through the uh, media. And he could have taken some time off, but um, and Arteta obviously offered to take some, to offer to give him some time off. And um, I'm just glad that he and Georgina have found, have rediscovered happiness in the conception of their second child, and also in them getting married. And I hope that uh, obviously they're not going to be able to um, forget um, the loss of their first child to a miscarriage, but. I hope that this loss, that loss will give them the strength to move forward and know that um, when you lose someone, they don't necessarily leave you. They may leave you physically, but emotionally and mentally, they stay within you. And I hope that they will have the strength to carry on and move on. And all I can say is, um, Aaron, I'll be honest and say that um, you've still got a long way to go to convince me as a player, but as a family man and a person... You've definitely done well, you've done right, you've done good, and I applaud you for the stand that you've taken. I um, applaud you for the and Georgina for the courage you've shown in trying to be able to move on from that tragedy. And I wish nothing but um, happiness and continued contentment in your life off the field. And it's another reminder that football at the end of the day is just a game there are so many more important things than just trying to stop a ball from going into a football net or trying to score more goals to win a match. Um, it's things like this that help keep things in perspective. And we need to stand up for one another. We need to stand up for those who are close to us. We need to stand up for those people who are not so fortunate as us. So well done to you. And um, I wish you um, a good season. But more importantly, I wish you and your entire family nothing but um, love, contentment, and happiness, and I hope that you will all move forward together and um, just continue um, being your best selves and loving life and enjoying what um, life will bring you and continue to be blessed and happy. So um, one love to you as always, and as always, up the gunners, and good luck to you for the season. Cheers, mate. And there we are. That was Manny's thoughts on um, a very, very brave um a brave release from Aaron Ramsdale um but a release that he deserves incredible credit for um and you know full kudos to him for doing that as well and standing up um unfortunately sport nowadays and as it always has been has had people that have made these comments and being nasty because of people's beliefs or people's race or their uh, sexuality or anything like that. But it's time for football to change. And, you know, by people like Aaron Ramsdale, who, of course, was former Cherries goalkeeper, standing up and making this statement, on, because he didn't need to do this, did he, Matt? He didn't need to do this. Um, but he made this statement to actually make a point and stand up against those people that do make hurtful comments that it's not right and everybody should be accepted in football. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, in this in this day and age, you know, everyone should be able to go to games and, and not not fear, you know, any abuse or, you know, anything like that. So, um, yeah, very, um, very pleased that um, Aaron's been open and, and, and put that statement out. Yeah, definitely. I think that's where we should end it today. 
on this special cherry picking, of course, the last game of our preseason against Lorient later on. Um, and then it is to the game against West Ham. And I, I can't wait for that next week. No, I can't wait for that. Um, it's going to be uh, nice to have Premier League football back. It's going to be interesting what our new gaffer can do with the players. Um, yeah. You know, what we've seen so far and obviously what we'll see today is obviously just a little taster, but it, you know, it's down to business next weekend. Um, and also next week on Cherry Picking, we'll have a, a special guest joining us. So We will do. Tuned. Keep your ears peeled. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, that like button, and share this video. Um, and make sure that you follow us as well on Spotify. We are the TalkSport Fan Network channel for AFC Bournemouth as well. Do make sure that you do follow us. But until the next show, up the cherries, and we'll see you then. Thank you for joining us. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S.com, code SUPER24. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans.